Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome to Noon Prayer. Glory to God, we just welcome you again. Are y'all ready? Amen. Amen. This is the last Noon Prayer before we head into Kickstart Week. It's going to be awesome. And uh, we had a great day yesterday. If you did not see yesterday, make sure that you go back and watch it because it is it was tremendous. I mean, it was just phenomenal. So glory to God. We welcome you. Thank you all for being here and uh, thank you all for joining with us. Uh, Yesterday, we talked about his part, talked about God's part, and we talked about our part. Right. So. Mostly what we said yesterday was that his part is done, right? Everything. Now, he still will help us. In other words, he'll do that. But everything in order to help us was done through Jesus Christ. So while when we become in Christ, everything that God needed to do has been done. It's all been done. Now, what that means is, and we're going to look at it again today, exactly what he's done. Remember, on the cross, Jesus said, hey, it's finished. What he did paid the price for your victory and fullness of life and joy for the rest of eternity. It is finished. He declared it and it was so, right? And here's the other thing. And then we were looking in 2 Peter chapter 1 and it said that he has already given us, he has given us everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything we need, it's already done. Then you you combine that with every promise in the Lord is yes and amen. He's already checked the box in heaven. He's granted you access to everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's done it. His part is done. Now it comes down to our part. And we talked about this. We talked about You know, the word says, we'll actually go to that scripture today where it says that we are seated in heavenly places, right? And we are in Christ. Now, if we were in Christ, I imagine if Christ is sitting right here and I'm on the inside of him, do I have any more problems? No, I don't. But yet I've been in Christ for a long time and I've had problems. So where's the disconnect? What's the issue? And then we talked about the legal side and the vital side. In other words, what happens is God's already done his part. It's all done. Now it's my turn to do my part and my part then determines how much of what he's done will manifest right? It's all done. He's empowered me. It costs me nothing but to choose to love him. And that means to basically hear from him and be obedient. And even if he asked me me to do something big, his grace will empower me for whatever that is. You know, let me, let me put it like this. If God told me, if God told you, right, go lift 1000 pounds, In the physical, that might look like it's not going to happen, right? You can't do it. That's what, in the physical, it may seem that. But if he told you to do that, he, he means that he would give you the grace to make that happen. In other words, you'd say, well, I can't do it on my own, but, you know, he told me in Jesus' name. And grace would come on you and you'd be able to lift that thing up. And then all of a sudden, is it you doing it or is it him? It's him. And that's where, in other words, when he spoke it, 
The legal side of it was done. Now, the vital side is my action, right? And that's where we increase the harvest of our righteousness. We're already righteous in the legal sense. We have to uh, put faith together. And we talked about the fact that faith without works is dead. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So that means that if I'm going to overcome anything in this earth, God's already determined how it's going to be. And that way is through faith. So there's a part. Uh, the Lord says, we read a verse also in Second Peter, it said that we are partakers of his divine nature. That means that we are partners with his divine nature. You know, did, wasn't Jesus slain from the foundation of the world? Wasn't this basically all planned out and done in that sense? But then, even though it was done in the plans and in the mind and in the heart of God, didn't Jesus have to manifest on the earth, walk through the earth for 33 years, and then give himself? He partnered. And where do you think he received the grace to do that? He drew on the Lord the same way that we have to draw on the Lord. He had to be the perfect substitution, which means he went through the same thing that you and I did. And he had to make the decisions and draw on the Lord in the same way. He had to pull by faith on that grace, right? And so this is what we're talking about, his part and our part. Legally, we've got everything that we need. Now it's up to us to simply say, okay, what do you want me to do, Father? And now, what do you want me to do? Now, that's part of the reason why we're here. You know, 40 days of prayer and fasting. We're going after the Lord because we're doing our part. We're drawing on him for strength, right? To come closer and walk in the presence of God and stay there, right? And we're seeing breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. I mean, God is moving, amen? So as we get started today, we're going to go into Ephesians and look at a couple of things. But Lord, we just thank you so much. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for empowering us. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for partnering with us. We praise you and we worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. All right, Ephesians chapter 1. So the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. And it starts in verse 1-1. And so remember, keep in mind we're talking about his part and our part. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. So he's writing this letter to the saints, right? Now, you and I would then become saints. If we believed in Jesus, we would become the saints of God as well. So this letter by the Holy Spirit now has been preserved for us. This letter, he's going to be talking to us right from the get-go. Amen? And so then look at this, verse 2, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, isn't it interesting? Now, Paul did not walk with Jesus. Peter did, 
that we read yesterday, but Paul didn't, right? And what did Peter start right out by saying? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, right? That's basically what he said. Grace and peace. Isn't it interesting? Can you see that the Holy Spirit wants us to get in grace and peace? Now, ask yourself this question. How much peace have you actually seen in your life and even in people at church and stuff like that? Do you see peace all the time? But look at what the Holy Spirit, I mean, this is what he immediately opens up with. Grace and peace. Multiple times, different writers, grace and peace. Grace, the empowerment, the favor of God to walk and be who God's called you to be. And the grace that will save you, that will go to work and do the things in your life, the supernatural things. We need that grace of God. And peace. You know, have, have we, what you see here is you see the Holy Spirit striving in a sense. Now, you know, he, did, he doesn't have to work real hard. He just, you know, says a word and it's done. But look, he, he's kind of begging us, right? He's, he's getting it across to us. He's taken uh, more than one occasion to say, grace, peace, be, let it be multiplied in your life. So in other words, if the Holy Spirit here is mentioning this more than one time, isn't this something that must be dear to his heart? So have we taken that same dearness to our heart, to our heart and said, Wow, I need to walk in grace and be purposed and intentional to walk in grace and walk in peace. How many times have you seen at church, you know, in churches in your past, right, where people get upset over the littlest thing? You know, churches have split over the color of the carpet. Now, would you say that not our church in Jesus name, but I, I've, you've heard it, but they have. They split over the color of the carpet. Is that going to the peace that the Holy Spirit wants us to go? No, no, not at all. In other words, there's something we've disconnected from that God really wanted to get in our heart. They just, instead of moving to the places of peace and being intentional in the places of peace, what you've seen is actually, you've seen people take up their own, their own side of things and they're more interested in going after that than they are going after what God's told them to do. This is part of our part. We've got to receive that grace and peace and know that even if things don't go our way, grace and peace can still be ours. And we're going to have that peace and we're going to strive for that peace. We're going to go after that peace, right? All right. Verse three, it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So now yesterday we saw Peter say, he's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now we see Paul saying, he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing. See, God's part is done and now it's when our part comes in. Right. How do we live this out? How do we live it out? Right. We're blessed. There's understand this. Blessed be God, our father, who has blessed us with 
every spiritual blessing. There is not one spiritual blessing that you need right now. Because if you are a saint, if you're in the body of Christ, you have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We said it yesterday. Peter said the same way. In the heavenly file, and when it pulls up to your name and it has the list of every blessing that could ever be, ever, it's already been checked. And it, it's like, you know, your heavenly file up there, you know, uh, Brian Wright, you know, and let's check his file, see if God's given him the blessings. Check, 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 check. And you go on for thousands and thousands of blessings and they're all checked. It's already done. Yep, he's been granted access. He's been granted access. So see, now see, when we take this knowledge into prayer, it changes the way we pray. When we take knowledge that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing, it changes the way we pray. All of a sudden, we're not praying from, well, maybe we'll get this blessing. No, every promise of God is yes and amen. It's already been granted. It's all right. If I can find the promise in the Bible and I can believe it in my heart and I speak it and confess it, pray the prayer of faith, I can have it. That's all there is to it. It is that simple. But because we don't know this, we don't pray. And a lot of times we approach God. I can just imagine like, oh, 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 Lord, please, please, will you please, 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 please give me this healing. Will you please, 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 Lord, you know, I need it. You know, I need it. Think about that. If your kids did that, you know, for like water coming out of the fridge or out of the, can I, oh, daddy, mommy. Can I please, please, please have some water? Are you kidding me? Are you really, really like get you a cup and go get the water. You're big enough. Go get the water. You don't have to ask. Just get it. In other words, what he's saying is, look, get it. Take command. Go get you a cup. Put it in the thing and get some water. Right. Get some water. And and. We would sit there and even to our kids, we would say, what are you thinking? Yeah, of course you can have some water. God's looking at this going, I've granted you everything. I've blessed you with every spiritual blessing. I've told you all my promises are yes and amen. This is a promise. It counts. You're a child of God. Take command. Take command. Go get it. Amen. Good afternoon. So now I want us just to take a look here. So he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. But I showed yesterday how we walk in more or less of those blessings as we grow in knowledge. So in order to walk in all of those, what do we need to do? We need to get in this word. We need to get under good preaching that understands these things and people that understand this is a reality, not just theory and not just some old book. Right. This is this word is alive, sharper than a two edged sword, able to divide asunder soul and spirit, 
as close as the joint is from the marrow, the bone and the marrow, right? We're looking at, we're looking at this word has the ability to produce and manifest in this, in this word. And the word says this, he sent his word and healed them. This book is alive. It's got promises. These things will come to pass. As we know, you need to be under somebody that's preaching this, right? Uh, Dr. Rodney says this, a church that's alive is worth the drive. Amen. A church that's alive is worth the drive. Why? Because it's life and death. What you hear will be life and death for you and for people around you. It's important to understand that. And then he says this. He, he says, look, in order to get these blessings yesterday, what we were talking about in Second Peter is we've got to get knowledge, revelation knowledge by the Holy Ghost. And then we must apply faith. Right. We've got to walk in the faith of God, not just talk about it. We need to walk in it. So now let's look at this again. What we're seeing, the second apostle here is saying, look, God's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's already blessed you with everything. Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be God, uh, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has past tense blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. All right, now let's keep reading verse four. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, he chose us. Now see, ultimately we have to choose him, but the legal side is already done. He's already chose us. He's like, hey, it's available to you. All you got to do is choose me. That's all you got to do. I've already handled my part. I chose you from the foundation of the world. When you choose me, you step into the benefits. Yeah. I think about it like this. How would you like to have you know, the rich uncle that's worth billions, right? What would you think about it if that, you know, there was the rich uncle in the world and he said, anybody can be a part of my family and my inheritance. All they have to do is just let me adopt them. And all of a sudden, you will be an inheritor of those billions. That's what this book does. That sounds crazy to us, but that's exactly what God's done. He's put all of himself, every bit of himself, every promise, all of his things, everything I have is yours. These are the words he uses. Everything He says, how will he not go into Romans 8, 32? If he, if he gave us his son, how would he not freely with him give us all things? Romans 8, 32. How? In other words, this is the language that God, he says, all you got to do is become my sons and my daughters, become my children. All of a sudden, everything I have is yours. Now, who would be crazy not to go do that? Right? Everybody, if you didn't go do that, that'd be nuts. That'd be crazy. Unless you disagreed with this doctrine, right? Now, the only thing, you know, let's say you had a crazy billionaire and uh, he wanted to give you all his inheritance, but basically he's a mass murderer, right? You probably wouldn't want to go do that. But we're not talking about mass murder. We're talking about a loving father. We're talking about God. We're talking about the Lord that wants to love us and he loves us with an everlasting love so much so that he wants to get it. And here's the thing. You don't even have to. You don't have to go after him. You can believe on him. But 
here's the thing. If, if you believe on him, then there's going to be a heart change. And you're going to find that his love is going to start to be a part of your love, right? His love's going to start to be part of yours, and you're going to see change in your life. In other words, if you believe on him and you don't have change, you probably didn't do it legally. There was, there was something missing. Your heart was missing in the belief aspect. All he wants to do is let us start to live like him and to live like Christ. And in that process, he saves you from an eternal hell. You, you receive everything that he has and you start to live in what is truly good. You start to receive the nature immediately in your spirit, but you're given the ability to start to uh, renew your mind and become like that. That's a beautiful plan. Cost you nothing but faith, right, to, to become a child and an inheritor. That's, that's the plan. It costs you nothing. Right now, there's somebody watching right now and you're saying, look, I, I, wanna, I want that. I want God's healing. I want his provision. I want his protection and his deliverance. And I want to do what's right for a change. If that's you, just pray right now with me. Just, just bow your head right there and repeat after me. Just say, Father... Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He's the Lord. He's the director of my life. He calls the shots, and I'm obedient to follow. And I know that everything that he asked me to do will be good and love. And Lord, I believe that he died for me, and that in that grave, that you brought him back to life. And when you brought him back to life and raised him up, my belief now makes me righteous and you raised me up with him. And now on the legal side of things, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. And I ask, Holy Spirit, fill me so that I can walk out this life like he wants me to. Holy Spirit, overflow, baptize me, Jesus, in your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, glory to God. If you just prayed that, send us a note, we want to know about it, I want to, I want to send you a, a package, so send that to us, amen, we'll send you a gift. All right, going back now, in uh, verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, in Christ. His part is done. All it is, we will find that the whole future of his blessing is laid out based off of what he's already done. When we partner with him, we'll find that the thing we need is already waiting on us, right? And then it says this, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that he would be, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Your sins completely forgiven like they never happen. Holy and blameless before him in love. Verse five, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. In other words, he already laid it out. He already got in touch with the lawyer. He already got in touch with the court. And he said, whoever walks in the door of this salvation, the door is Jesus Christ. Whoever walks through this door, receive them as my son. 
He's already predestined. He's already worked it out. All they have to do is put faith on Jesus as their Lord and Savior. When they walk in the door, you can automatically stamp them as my child. They are adopted and now they have an inheritance. And he did this out of the kindness of his heart, the kind intention of his will. Verse six, to, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved, in Jesus to the praise of the glory of his grace. In other words, when we realize what he's done for us, our only reaction is, oh my goodness, Lord, I praise you for this. Thank you. Now, honestly, do you see people doing that in church a lot of the time? A lot of the time it's because they don't realize what they have a hold of. They don't realize what they truly, but when, here's the thing, here's what we want to see. When we realize how much God has done for us, it should produce, pray glory to God. What you have done in me is amazing. And if you haven't realized that yet, then get more in this word and start to see what he's done. We're going to see some of that right now. His part is done. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will. All right. So it, you notice there's a period right there where it says what he lavished on us. So in him, we have redemption through the blood and forgiveness of our trespasses. So do we realize really what position we were in before we received Christ? I don't think we really have a clue. Romans, Romans chapter 5 gives us a little insight into it, um, but it doesn't give you the full part, right? It says that we were in verse 6, verse 8, and verse 10, we were sinners, we were helpless, we were sinners, we were helpless, and we were his enemies of God, right? So first off, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we, before we accepted Christ, now after Christ, it's beautiful, it's amazing. But before then, the position that we were in was really bad. Because you think about this, if God is who God says he is, He's all-powerful God, which he is. If he's who he says he is, he's an all-powerful God. He's got all of these things. Think about the greatest, think about if there was one king over all the earth, right? Think about that. Like not, not talking about Jesus, talking about a physical king. If there was one king and he ruled everything on the earth, how powerful would he be? How powerful, right? And if we had a chance to come in front of that king, wouldn't we want to be square with him, right? Like this dude can say, be gone and you are no more because he rules over the whole earth. But also if he wanted to say, hey, bless her, right? So wouldn't we want to be in his good graces? Yeah, yeah. well, you're, we're not talking about a king of the earth. We're talking about a king over all the universe. Now, he's a loving king, but he's holy and he's just. He's holy and just. 
And so the position that we all were in before Jesus came was this, was I have transgressed you. I have crossed your line. I'm not in right standing. It says I'm helpless. I can't do anything about it. Sorry. There's no hope for me outside of you and your mercy. So we're standing before the king of the universe, billions and billions of planets, billions times billions of stars with however many planets are around them. He's the king of it all, of it all. And we're coming before him. Why? Because he's the king and he sets up the rules and we're coming before him. This is not the way he wanted to do it originally. This is the position we placed him in. We put him in the position where he now has to judge. Are you righteous or are you not? And the only way to be righteous is to accept Jesus. This is and but before Jesus, before we receive Jesus, here's our position. I've done you wrong, way wrong, and I'm helpless. I can't do anything about it. Not only that, but as much as we don't want to tell them, verse 10 says we were enemies of his. In other words, we can be standing in front of him and we can try to hide that we've messed up and messed and done him wrong. We can try to hide, act all big and bad like we could help ourselves, but we can't. But there's a dude standing over to the side and he's like, hey, this guy actually was against you. He's your enemy in front of that king. That's the position that we were in. And the only just place for that is eternal torture. Hell, eternal torture. That's where all of us were. And we're talking about, think about this. You know, I, I, I heard recently uh, where John Bevere was talking about prisoners. And, and these prisoners are going to be in this prison that was so awful. And they're going to be there for the rest of their life. And you know what? But they still have a glimpse of hope. Because if nothing else, I, when I die, I will escape this place. We're not talking about an escape. There is no escape from hell. There is none. There's no hope that one day this will end. It goes on and on and on. Torture and torture and torture and loss and, and uh, loneliness and torture and pain and consuming fire and on and on. And it does not stop. It doesn't stop. And see, this was not originally made for mankind. It was made for rebellious angels. But when we sinned, we partnered with that rebellious angel. And now we receive the punishment of that father. So either we get a new father or we're in a mess. Do we see? And, and here's the thing. I can describe that and you can get that sense of, wow, this, that would stink, right? 
But do we really have an understanding of eternity in that way? I don't think so. I don't think we realize what a mess we actually were in. And then God says, but I'm rich in mercy. I'm rich in mercy. And I'm going to provide you a way out. I don't want you to have to go through that. I love you. I never wanted that for you. I love you. And every human on this planet can choose this way. And if they will choose this way, they can step through the door. They will find the attorney standing there saying, you can now be in the, the uh, kingdom of God. You can be in his family. Not only that, but you have an eternal inheritance. Instead of in eternal torture, there's an eternal inheritance. And all you have to do is by faith, which he's given you that too, make Jesus my Lord. That's it. You escape all of that and you become a part of his family. But in doing that, you're saying, look, he's my Lord. He's the director of my life. And here's what we're saying. Lord, this is really what's happening. Lord, I trust you and your ways. I trust you and your ways. Bigger then I trust my thinking. In other words, I realize and I recognize by my position, my thinking can be off. But I realize that that, I, that action of love to send your son when I was a sinner, helpless, and I was your enemy, that action proves to me your goodness and your loving kindness. You did not have to do this. And so from this point forward, I choose to trust your every thought, your every, if you are commanding that the kingdom be advanced over here, I trust your leading. Let's go advance the kingdom. I'm putting myself in your hands. But here's what the Lord says. He says, I'm not even going to make you do that. You get to choose whether or not you want to do that or not. You don't have to. You should. There's blessings even attached to that. There's eternal rewards attached to that that you will get just from continuing to walk in love. But what we're saying is, Lord, I choose you. And in the middle of that, we escape hell. Uh, we become, uh, we, we are on the right side of God. We're made right with him. We're made square with him. Everything we've ever done wrong is completely washed away. There's a new hope. There's a new start. Just like we're going to kickstart this year is a whole new start in that. And he says, not only that, this is what we're going to talk about too. He said, there's a complete blessing list. You're entitled to every bit of it. Come home. Let me put the finger of the, the ring of the family on you, right? Let me put it on your finger. You adopt you in. Everything I have is yours. I love you. I've missed you. I'm so glad you're back home. All right. With that in mind, In Christ, verse 7, we have redemption. We've been redeemed by his blood. God said, I, I want and I like this plan so much and I want it so much. I'm going to give you my son and his blood, his blood, his lifeblood will pay the price for you to be adopted. It wasn't a low price. It's free to you by faith. But it did cost something. It cost me and it cost my son. But I love you that much. I love you that much. 
He says, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses. Why? It's according to the riches of his grace. Just how much he loved us. He loved us that much. What a great story. Which, those riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. Man, he didn't just give us a little bit. He went all out. He just said, here, take my love, and I'm just going to keep on pouring it. I'm lavishing that love on you. I'm just going to keep giving it, keep giving it, keep giving it. And, and you start to see the heart of God in this. He says this. Notice he, there's a period there. And then it says, verse 8, the end of verse 8 really is the beginning of the sentence of verse 9. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will. According to the kind intention which he purposed in him. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness. Now, the fullness of times, uh, I'm not going to get in this, but basically you can read it like this. He, he is in his great love. What he's done is he's started the work that will prepare us to walk in a way that he calls full. To walk, in other words, to establish in you an administration, right? Uh, an ability to walk in the fullness of God. In other words, what I'm giving you is not just a little bit, just so that you can now be in the family and be like, oh yeah, they're in the family. No, 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 no. I'm giving you the ability to grow into the place where you don't just walk like a, a measly little human. You walk like the son of God walked. In the fullness of that. You see that a few chapters later when he says, when I, you want to grow you up the body into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Right? Yeah. The fullness of the measure. He says, that is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In other words, what he's done is he's put together this plan and you're going to see that he had a greater plan than the devil ever had. He had something planned out and it was so mighty, mighty and so massive. And that's what you're a part of. And you can walk in it right now. In him also... We have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. In other words, he had an inheritance for you the whole time. He had an inheritance for you the whole time. He he's, has been in his plans. He's been looking for a way to get it to you. And now in Christ, he's got a way. Glory to God. To the end that we who were first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. In other words, uh, I believe here he's talking about the Jews and the first believers here. And he's saying the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. But then it says, so he's not talking about you in that verse, it looks like. But the next verse, he includes you in it, right? And he says, so we would start, we would start it off. We would kick it off 
But now in him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance. So in other words, when you receive the salvation of God and you receive the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, he's saying right then when you received the Holy Spirit, that was God saying, you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. In other words, he wouldn't have given them to you if you didn't have an inheritance. This is the seal of that eternal inheritance. But eternity starts now, right? It's not just in the sweet by and by. He says, uh, you have an inheritance. So see, the language of this already from the beginning is blessed with every spiritual blessing to get you this inheritance. You have an inheritance that's sealed. What is Paul saying? He's like, you got something here. You got something because God's already done his part. All right. And then he says this. Uh, he's given us uh, the Holy Spirit as a pledge of our inheritance. Verse 14, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. So the, the first believers were to the praise of his glory. But now that you've heard it and you've received Christ too, you are also to the praise of his glory. And the praise of his glory comes through you receiving that inheritance. In other words, God's not just happy that you're a part of the family. He's happy when you start to receive what the inheritance is. When you get it in your hands and start to realize what you have. When you start to wake up to glory to God, what he's had in his part, what's already been done. He's saying this is the praise of, the, of his glory. If you look back up here in verse 3, you notice that it says, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why does God need to be blessed? Why does God need to be blessed? He's already blessed. What he's saying is he's blessed when you start to realize that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. In other words, God gets blessed by, he looks back and goes, oh, look at that. Like today, we were walking out of the house and I looked over and, and Luke has a little lunchbox and it's like half full with Legos, right? And it's like all these Lego pieces because he couldn't leave them together. You know, that would be, you know, unboyish. And uh, but all these pieces are broken up. And I was just thinking I walked out and I saw him and I went, I went, man, every boy needs a box of broken up Legos. I mean, you just got to have that, you know, right? I was blessed because he was blessed. This is what this chapter is talking about. When you see it, he says, look, God's blessed to bless you and for you to receive it. And it's to the praise of his glory when you start to get that inheritance inside of you and you start to realize that. Now, if that wasn't enough proof, right, it goes on to say, now watch what Paul does right here. Okay. All right. So remember what we just talked about, how God's blessed when you start to realize you have something more than just going to heaven and being saved from hell. You've got a possession. You have an inheritance right now. And then watch what Paul does. He says, uh, verse 15, for this reason, for this reason, I too, having heard of the faith 
in the Lord Jesus, which exist among you and for your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. So what he's about to do is he's saying he, he's going to tell you what he prays, what it, his prayer is. Now, here's the thing, though. This is scripture. All scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit praying through Paul. This is the Holy Spirit putting his stamp. What Paul's about to pray is good and it's yours. Right. And he says, look. Thinking about this, how you have an inheritance and God wants you blessed and he's blessed by you being blessed, right? He says, now, here's how I pray for you. And listen to how he prays for you and you'll start to see that what I've said earlier is correct. He says this, I pray, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, and the, you can say the spirit of wisdom in context, the spirit of revelation and the spirit of the knowledge of him. Remember what Peter talked about? I pray that you would have knowledge. He basically says that you would have knowledge of him. How did uh, everything pertaining to life and godliness that he's granted us come by knowledge of God and knowledge of Jesus? Same thing. Two different apostles. One walked with Jesus. One didn't. Holy Spirit saying the same thing. He's trying to get it across that we would grow. And Paul is praying. I pray that the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of wisdom, knowledge and revelation. Right. I pray that you would receive wisdom, knowledge, revelation of what? Last two words of it, of him. That you would truly see him and have knowledge of him for who he is. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now, this is not just mental enlightenment. This is a spirit man enlightenment. This is, this is a renewing of your mind, a renewing of that. And it's a capturing it spiritually discerned thing. Because we're not talking about that your ears and your brain can understand it. He's saying a spirit of wisdom. And he's already going straight to the supernatural. So a lot of people, they try to compute this and get all their logic lined up. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a spiritual understanding that you catch in your heart that is spiritually discerned. In other words, I'm praying that your eyes of the spirit man and the eyes of your, of your mind that's being renewed will now be opened and enlightened. And you will see, basically you're going to see him say, you will see what God wants. Right. OK. So then he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So he's saying, because you've been given all this stuff and you've been redeemed, you are destined to be to the glory and praise of God as you receive what he's given you and you walk out what he's given you on his part. 
And so because of this, I'm going to pray. I've been praying for you. And here's what I've been praying. That God will open up your eyes to see what you've been called to. What you've been called to and what you got a hold of already. All right. Look at that again. Verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. There's a hope, there's a joy, a confidence, and an expectation in him calling you. There's also a joy and a hope and a confidence in your individual calling as well. To know what God's called you to do. What are the good works that he's called you to? And then it, it goes on to say that you will know that, but also you will know the riches. Not just the little portion that I've given you. No, 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 no. That God defines it like this. The riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. He's saying, I'm praying that you will get a wide open revelation of what you got. Of what's in you right now. That is your inheritance. You weren't just saved from hell. You weren't just turned from an enemy into a child. You have an inheritance. I'm praying that you will see it for what it is. And then he goes on to describe it a little bit. And, and he also wants us to get, next verse, what is the surpassing greatness of his power. Not just power surpassing greatness not just power but great power and not just great power but surpassing great power towards who us who believe us who believe so I, what Paul's recognizing here is Ephesian church saints believers there's something bigger than what you can even imagine. There's something more. I've just seen a glimpse of it. And, but I want you to get the whole of it. And me too. There's something so big, it's hard to even explain. I can't even hardly put it in words. So all I'm doing is I'm saying, I'm going to pray that God will show it to you. It's that big. That's the only way you're going to get it. And so shouldn't we be believing that we'll start to see Lord, show me your inheritance. What is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? Listen, and then he says, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. In other words, all of this, the hope of the calling, the inheritance, the riches of his glory and the inheritance in the saints. And the surpassing greatness of his power. All of these great things. Here's the rate. Here's the curve. Here, here's the level. Right? Here's the level of these things. It's according to the working of God's power. Here's the level. It's on the level of God's power. That he brought about in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And seated him in the right, at his right hand in the heavenly places. What he's given you as an inheritance and the surpassing greatness of his power and the hope of his calling 
It's on this level, the same level that resurrected Jesus Christ from death, hell, and the grave. And not only did it resurrect him, but seated him in heavenly places, made him to be the king of all kings, his name to be above every name, to be the king of eternity. That's the same power. This is the level of his inheritance that he gave you. That's how much he loves you, and that's how powerful of a work. The inheritance that you have is along the level of resurrection power. It's the thing that changes it all. And it wasn't your, your doing. It wasn't our doing. It was God's own doing. It was his own power when he said, and, you know, can you imagine the power of God when he releases it, right? Resurrect. Life be, right? God himself reaches down in his full power and draws him up out of the grave. This is what's in, that's your inheritance. Verse 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. There's nothing that's not under the feet of Jesus already. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. It's already done, just like your, your gifts are already granted in heaven. Every, every demon's done, been defeated. It's already done. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and he gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. Right. And so, uh, Callie, come here real quick. So right here, if uh, if she is Jesus and she's the head and she's the head of the body, if she's Jesus. Right. And everything is under his feet. Everything's under his feet, right? If we are in the body, even if we are the smallest little pinky toe, or we're the bottom of the feet, everything is still under our feet too. That's part of the inheritance. It's all done. And the devil trying to tell you he's all big and bad. Look, he goes around as a roaring lion. He's seeking somebody who doesn't know these things, who doesn't know what kind of inheritance that they have. He's looking for somebody who doesn't know these things. Now listen to this, chapter 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too, all, Formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest of them, basically is what it's saying. But God, oh, praise God, we didn't stay there. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions. He made us alive together with Christ by grace, by his love, by his empowerment, by his favor. You have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Seated us with him. 
So now that same power that went into Christ and brought him back to life and seated him in heavenly places, raised us also and seated us with him and in him. God's part is done. But the question now is, what's in us? That's what Paul's praying that we'll get a glimpse of. What's in us? Why would he do this? Verse 7. So that in the ages to come, he might show. In other words, they might manifest. Now the ages to come is not just the sweet by and by after we leave this earth. It's every age from that point forward. That from this point forward, right? He might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. In other words, he's saying he did all of this so that he can now manifest and make it, it has been spiritual, now I want to make it physical. I want to make it in this world. I want to manifest his love in our lives, right? He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You couldn't have done this by yourself. It came through him. And not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. You couldn't have worked hard enough to make this happen. It's too big. It's too big. You couldn't have worked hard enough to make this happen. We didn't have a chance. We were helpless, remember? Verse 10. For we are... All right. Now remember, his part, our part. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in him. I want you to, as we wrap up, key in on that verse. We are his workmanship. We're his workmanship. Created for good works. Created to walk like Jesus did. Created to put our hand to the plow. Created to be in this world and bring about the good works just like Jesus did. We are his workmanship, his craftsmanship. Uh, some translations will say his masterpiece, right? But the whole point was so that we could do his works in this earth. That was the point. His part was to get us there and make it available when, when there was no way. And he's done that. And he's provided everything. Our part is to receive and then act it out. And I want you to see this. At the very end of that verse, it says this. The good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Right? So in other words... God had the works that you are called to do already prepared, already prepared. He's like, Miss Mary, this is what I want her to do. Miss Nancy, this is what I'm going to have her do, right? Patty, this is what I'm going to have her do. Callie, this is what I'm going to have her do. Joe, this is what I have for Joe. This is what I have for Abigail. This is what I have for Luke. This is what I have for Brian. Now, 
Our job and our part is to receive those things, but it's also to say, okay, Lord, what are those things? And what are they maybe for the, our, my lifetime, but also what do you want me to do right now? Now, if I get outside of those works, I'm being disobedient. So I need to hear from him through the spirit and then I need to live it out. In other words, this takes effort. This is not just something that falls on you from heaven and all of a sudden you just walk around and oh, glory, bling, bling, bling. You know, it doesn't happen like that. You are given everything you need in Christ for grace then to empower you to say, I'm drawing on you, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. You let me know we're not, we're not led by emotions. We're not led by feelings. We are led by the Spirit of God. You don't reveal these things just by logic and the world's wisdom. You reveal them by the Spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge. And so right now, Holy Spirit, show me my good works. Show me my part and what I'm supposed to do right now. And then by my inheritance in the name of Jesus, that is what I am created for. And I will be empowered by his resurrection power to walk through. And now you start moving in the good works that God has for you. That's our part. But you don't just get there Remember, the disciples, they were praying over people and they were having trouble. And Jesus said, this kind doesn't go out, but by prayer and fasting. In other words, he had applied. He had applied the grace. They hadn't. It doesn't, our part is the, the power is at the wall, at the switch. We got to learn how the, the power is there and we got to learn how to flip that switch. It's pretty simple if we'll just get obedient to God, but we've got to do it. That's why we've been praying and fasting because Lord, we know that we have a part to play and we're going to play that part and we're going to play it on the level of the resurrection power of God. We're going to play it on the level of your surpassing greatness. We're going to play it on the level of your riches in glory. We're going to play it on the level of the hope of our calling in Christ. Resurrection power level. We're not going to talk about this mediocre, uh, just getting through life and, and hoping that we led one person to the Lord. No, we're going to lead people to the Lord. Masses, thousands. Your word says that the king is honored in a multitude. Lord, let us lead a multitude in Jesus' name. Let us walk out this thing in on the level of your resurrection power, on the level of your overwhelming grace, on the level of almighty. God, let us walk it out in Jesus' name. And we're, I'm praying now, y'all can agree. In Jesus' name, Lord, let us, let us walk it out according to the level of your love that brought Jesus back to life. Let us walk it out, Lord. Let us play our part on the level of your great and unending grace, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. We praise you for your love. Thank you for your mercies, your great mercy, your great mercy that saved us and redeemed us by the the blood of the lamb. And Lord, let us like what Peter said, let us not forget what you've done. Let us not forget what you've done, but let us walk it out, Lord. Let us walk it out. Glory to God. Oh, 
Lord, we will not be mediocre. We will not be average, Lord. We will, the only average we're after is the average that you count for yourself. That's the average. We want God's normal. We don't want average in the world. We don't even want good or great in the world. We want your normal. Nothing short of your normal will be enough. Nothing short. We will apply faith on that and we will walk those things out. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for resurrection power and grace. Resurrection power and love. In Jesus' name, Lord, let us understand and see our inheritance and let us know what our calling is and let us know what the plans you have for us are by your spirit. And then, Lord, thank you that we can walk it out in every way. Glory to God. Mi handoro koro mente kuchtebe mansa la kode ti yaria yotornoa ro paranika brambabaka mansa bebe chodo chichichana chanel kalukodis hole kimiata mansa klekuda mansa lekuda mansa lekuda ba mansa lekuda ba mansa klukodi kirikikikana kanamakoro koro korianche kamalukodis Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, your part is done. Father, we ask right now. Uh, we know that we can have this, so it's not even a question. So we just speak it according to your word. You've already shown us and you've told us. Lord, we will, in the name of Jesus, by your grace, walk out our part. And we will walk out a full part, not a half measure, Lord, not a quarter measure, not even three quarters measure. We will walk out the full measure of our part and we will not hold back. And we will be strengthened. Our confession is we will be strengthened by all your might the surpassing greatness of your power we will be strengthened to walk out our part we won't make excuses for it but we'll go after you with everything that we have thank you father for your goodness and your mercy yeah, Lord, Lord, we will be strengthened with all your might in Jesus' name. All your might in Jesus' name. All your might in Jesus' name. And we will live our part in Jesus' name. All your might in Jesus' name. All your might in the name of Jesus. All your might in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. All of your might be lived out in every person that's hearing this. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Dear, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Sutra Bukuri Bichine, Jema Tutor Robotom. Lord, we just praise you. We praise you for the word that's been given today. We praise you for just the understanding of knowing that you have done your part already, that you have done everything, 
everything, everything that we have need of, it is finished by Jesus's own words. It is finished. So Lord, today we receive it. We receive it that it is true, Lord, because you are not a liar. So we receive your word. We receive your promises, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that now we would have an understanding of knowing what our part is. Help us to see where it is that we're missing it. Help us to understand and see where it is that we need to apply faith, where it is that we need to apply understanding, where it is that we just need to walk in more humility so that we can have your grace evident in our life, Lord. I thank you that that your word says that we have been given every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing. It's already been given to us. It's already been done. All things pertaining to life and godliness are ours. We are seated. We are raised and seated in a heavenly place, Lord. We are with you. And just like as we are with you, Lord, everything is under our feet. Everything. Everything. There is nothing too big for you. There is nothing that is impossible for you. Today we say, Lord, we believe. We believe and we're going to stand upon your promises, Jesus. We are going to do our part. No longer are we going to sit back and watch others do the things of God. Lord, today, today we're going to get involved. We're going to say, Jesus, what is my part? What is my part? What are you asking me to do? What is it that you have for me, for me, for me? Lord, I thank you that you are going to show every person if they're not sure where it is that they need to be serving or where it is that they, they need to just be walking in obedience, how they need to be sharing with others when they're, they're out and on the streets or at the gas station or at the grocery store. I thank you that you would just impart wisdom, Lord, that you would help us and show us and teach us that each and every day, every word that comes out of our mouth and every action that we do, that it's all to bring glory to you. Everything we, to, we do is for the, the praise and the glory of you, Jesus. I thank you for in Jesus name thank you father for this day and Lord just thank you for this series of prayer at noon Lord what a blessing you've empowered us to have this and I would say that everybody that's been a participant has grown and so Lord we just thank you thank you for allowing us to partner with you to become partakers of your divine nature glory to God father we just praise you we worship you and we love you in Jesus name Amen. Amen. If you want to give today, we have Kickstart starting next week. We're giving away over $2,500 worth of gifts uh, to the community. Yeah, amen. And uh, if you'd like to give into that, what we're doing that for is just to advance the kingdom of God and, and win souls. It's all about souls. Amen. And uh, so if you'd like to give on, online, there should be a link you can click and give. And if you're here, you can give in the baskets up here. No matter where you're giving, Father, in Jesus' name, we receive those gifts on your behalf. They will go towards advancing the kingdom of God. And Father, right now, we just declare, according to your word, that it would be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Lord, let that seed given by a cheerful, loving heart, let it be multiplied exponentially into the harvest of your inheritance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. We love you. Thank you all for being here. We'll be back here next Monday through Friday, noon prayer. It'll probably be a little bit different. We're just going to be waiting on the Lord and declaring what he tells us to do. We need your participation. If you've been watching, get here to the church if you can. Noon, Monday through Friday. We're going to have a great week with Kickstart. We're really going to be focusing on that and the rest of the year. And thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. We love you. See you next week. Bye-bye.